0: Welcome to another episode of Fine Wisdom. That's hashtag Fine, F-E-I-N, Wisdom. This is Michael Osterlink, and I'm with Bruce Fine, Constitutional Scholar. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing well today. Thanks, Michael. Great. So we're in March. It's 2015, and uh, you are writing up articles of impeachment for Senator Graham. What did he say, and why is it an impeachable offense? Well, let's, uh, a little bit of context for the audience here, uh, Michael. The, the Constitution itself um, exposes to impeachment by the House and removal by the Senate upon conviction of any officer of the United States, for president, vice president, any officer. And an officer includes a member of Congress. In fact, the very first impeachment was drawn against a Senator William Blount uh, for various and sundry things relating to an expedition against Indians. Um, seventeen ninety seven he ultimately resigned uh, rather than go forward with the uh, an impeachment trial. But the impeachment clause clearly applies uh, to members of Congress like it does to the judicial branch, like it does to the executive branch as well and the standard for impeachment is treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors and If you look at the origins of that clause, the terminology of high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, Alexander Hamilton was explaining in Federalist 65, it means basically crimes against the Constitution, crimes against society, crimes against the processes of of government itself. And uh, Lindsey Graham in his uh, aspirations to become President of the United States just yesterday in New Hampshire stated that if he were president that he would summon the armed forces of the United States uh, to surround uh, the Congress of the United States, the members of the House and Senate, and coerce them into voting, you know, huge increases in the Defense Department budget. Uh, now, it was not said in jest, in humor. Uh, he, in fact, he said this was not, this was literal uh, statement that he was making. Uh, it was not hyperbole. Uh, it was not simply a uh, a uh, an inflated way of suggesting that He, as president, would ask for a higher military budget. He was going to coerce the House and the Senate by the use of the military, which would be in violation of the Posse Comitatus Act enacted in 1878 to exclude the military from civilian law enforcement or otherwise, uh, to violate the constitutional right and privilege of the legislature without coercion to vote on the size of the defense budget. It's really quite a a, a stunning statement for someone who's aspiring to be president of the United States um, and who has an oath as senator to uphold and defend the Constitution. He was basically urging a flouting of the Constitution. Now, people obviously can say things in the heat of political campaigns uh, that can be inadvertent and they're later retracted, but Lindsey Graham has not really apologized and said, of course, this is not how we do business in the United States. That's how you do business in Moscow with Putin. That's how you do business in China with the communist uh, party uh, in, in control. That's not how you do business in the United States. And so it really is quite troublesome that we have a sitting member of the Senate who has yet to acknowledge that gross you know, uh, uh, flouting and, and trumpeting of, of basically a military coup d'etat. If the president can force the Congress of the United States, but the head of a bayonet to vote increase in the defense budget, why can't they use the military by the force of a bayonet to arrest anybody who he thinks is not voting properly in the House and the Senate? How about voting an authorization for limitless warfare? Voting authorizations, maybe he wants to cut uh, Medicaid to zero. You know, it would be the end of civil government. Uh, and again, I want to underscore that other candidates at other times made statements that have been wrong. I don't know any that have been this egregious with regard to an attack on our constitutional system. Retracted them, and, and, but personal retraction. This, they don't send out a, a third-level flack. You know, to, uh, and on PR, an email said, well, I didn't mean it literally. I mean this because you need to hear from the candidate because it's going to be the candidate who will be in the White House, not a flack. Exercising this power, and I do think even if it uh, doesn't ultimately go to the Senate, it's an important educational purpose for the House of Representatives. You know, uh, once I have finished this article of impeachment uh, against Lindsey Graham for flouting his oath to be defending defending the Constitution, uh, not just not violating, defending it where he clearly was not defending the Constitution. He was attacking the Constitution up in New Hampshire. Walk us through the steps. So you are writing the, the articles of impeachment now. Yes. And what happens? And what happens but typically what happens uh, procedurally, uh, the House Judiciary Committee is the committee of jurisdiction to consider impeachment. So you would need a member, I have some in mind, to introduce the bill. Uh, then you would have hearings, uh, typically, if the... Uh, to go forward in the Judiciary Committee. I know if you recall the hearings that we witnessed in Bill Clinton's impeachment with Henry Hyde was the chairman at the time, and you may recall Kenneth Starr was one of the witnesses, among others. Uh, And then the committee would vote, yea or nay. I have just one article of impeachment based upon this just utterly outrageous, reprehensible statement. Uh, And if the committee then votes an article, it would recommend it, uh, to come to the full floor of the House of Representatives. Uh, At that time, there would be an up or down vote. All you need is a simple majority of those voting in the House to send an article of impeachment to the Senate for a trial. Uh, If it ever did pass the House, then you would have House managers, basically they would be the prosecutors, who would go and try the case before the Senate. Now, the Senate in the past, in some instances against judges, have not had the entire Senate sit As immediate uh, jurors, so to speak, they have it delegated to a committee to make a recommendation to the full Senate, uh, and then the Senate would vote up or down, which may or may not happen here. Uh, When it's the president of the United States, the chief justice of the United States presides, but this obviously is not case of the president now. Uh, being uh, impeached and removed from office. So probably they would either delegate it to a a Senate committee and then go for a a full Senate vote. Now, for a conviction as opposed to just an accusation, you need a two-thirds vote in the Senate of those present and voting in order to remove somebody from office. So that's how the process works. Uh, That is the punishment, is removal from office. There's no fine. You don't go to prison. You're not excluded from various and sundry other... Uh, occupations or professions. Many people may recall when President Nixon resigned under the impeachment phase, he basically became an elder statesman. Even at the time of his death, Clinton was announcing a national day of mourning and flying flags at half-staff. So uh, we should not ever associate impeachment with a kind of coup d'etats. It's this civilized way in which uh, you remove someone who's not a trustworthy steward of our liberties from office. Thank you, Bruce.